If you like the podcast, remember to check us out on YouTube, where you get to see comedy commentary and a whole lot more. That's the YouTube channel, Balderdash Academy. Happy New Year! Welcome to Balderdash Academy, uh, the funniest online comedy game show this month. So... Tonight, as our visiting professor, we have an equity stage manager who worked her way into film and television, Casey Pratt, and we find out what the city of Christchurch in New Zealand, which part of their city government did they get rid of? What weird, weird position did they just eliminate? But first... Uh, Balderdash Academy, competitive comedy, good for your health like a yearly colonoscopy. Bring a flask, don't forget your hall pass. If you need a laugh, let me introduce the school staff. Marie Stewart Harmon teaches home economics. See her after class for some home brewed tonics. Sex with me is like Nate Green, because finishing on top is his normal routine. Coach Steve brings the show sports knowledge, but he's bad at portmanteaus because he didn't go to college. Call him McGill, spits words like an Uzi. She wins every game, but can't name a single movie. They call Brady Hunt, the theater guru. He'll always almost win like deja vu do. Carla Rose Dubois, you better watch your back. She's notoriously known for teaching music facts. And Bob LeBlanc gets no disrespect. Don't talk back, because he's technically correct. Yes. Let's go. Ball the Dash Academy, baby. Alright, sit down. Class is starting. won the last episode with the closest margin in Balderdash Academy history, Whoa. less than one half of one point. Molly, as the runner-up, what are you going to do tonight to prevent that from happening again? I've been eating a lot of chocolate and I'm drinking calm meal tea, so it's going to be one heck of a combo. She's going to Good answer. So, our visiting professor today is Casey Pratt, equity stage manager that's worked her way from film uh, into television. Uh, and uh, Casey, welcome to Balderdash Academy. Ah, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's great to have you here. So, for those new to the show, Casey has agreed to be the scorekeeper tonight while our faculty members compete for the coveted reigning champion banner. Coveted by who? Who knows? Now, our faculty will divvy their expertise in a series of comedy games, at the end of which Casey will award points to the faculty member that she likes best. Now, she's not looking for the correct answer. Thank God, or we'd be here all night. She's looking (laughs) for the best answer. The points are arbitrary and can be awarded to anyone for any reason. And at the end of the show, the faculty member with the highest point total will be named the reigning champion because otherwise we wouldn't have a winner. So, (laughs) all right. So our first game today is give me the details. I will reveal an interesting bit of trivia And our faculty member, who know the whole story, will fill in the details. Tonight's bit of trivia is that in October, the city of Christchurch in New Zealand announced that they would be parting ways with a member of their city government. What was that member's position in the government, and why did they end up severing ties? Now, Steve is the expert on this, so we're going to go to Steve first. Steve, what was the uh, position within the government that they cut? And um, and this was Christchurch, Australia? Yeah, uh, no, uh, Christchurch, New Zealand. Christchurch, oh. Australia, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> think of it like uh, the same region, but more hobbits. Okay, right, yeah. The hobbit yeah. region, I got this. The hobbit uh, region. 
Well, everyone knows in the United States, the lowest ranking uh, elected official is a is a dog catcher. Uh, but in New Zealand, it is, it is, of course, and has been for many years, uh, a hobbit catcher. And the reason you don't see hobbits roaming the streets of Christchurch is not because they're fictional, but there is a, a hobbit wrangler. Uh, but they did recently get a, do away with this position because all the tourists are coming to see these hobbits. Because of the tourists. That makes a lot of sense. Now, Molly, Molly, you're an expert on this. We were talking about this recently. What what was the position and uh, why did they sever ties? The position was Christchurch Christopher, uh, the uh, official platypus of uh, New Zealand. They got rid of him because he just wasn't living up to his platypus duties, uh, which includes being a marsupial, uh, looking really weird and confusing people on what kind of animal he is. That makes a lot of sense. Nate, what's the answer? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The answer, it's weird. We're revolving this around animals, but uh, it was the fact that they paid somebody to be a quakotapa. Uh, which the quakas, which is the happiest animal on earth, are always smiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, this yep, person big was smiles. in charge of putting little tiny hats on them. Um, and they would just run around. You're not legally allowed to touch them. So, uh, because they are very friendly. Um, so, yeah, uh, they had to get rid of the position. That makes a lot of sense. Randy, Randy, what's your take on this? Uh, well, uh, what I believe, if I recall correctly, uh, is uh, that uh, Christchurch is kind of where all of the historians of New Zealand are. And uh, so uh, they actually have a few paid historians uh, that are part of the government. Uh, they're getting rid of the historian who is in charge of old Zealand history. Uh, so they, they just want to focus on the future <laughs> and New Zealand. All right. All right. That makes a lot of sense. So, Casey, let me run those uh, by you again just to refresh your memory. Steve said that the position that was eliminated was Hobbit Wrangler because tourists. Right. Molly said that Christchurch Christopher, uh, (laughs) the platypus not living up to his duties. Uh, Nate had the Quokka which of course the Quokka happiest uh, wallaby, I guess, rule-like animal. Um, the Quokka had to put the hat on the Quokka. And Randy, uh, the historian in charge of Old Zealand. So how would you like to score? I think I have a question, actually, a follow-up. Ooh, follow-up. For Nate. Um, are these hats temporarily temporarily put on, or are they glued on? Because we've had some pigeon problems where people were gluing hats Ooh. on pigeons. So, hmm. yeah. Yes, uh, so not, not glued on, because, uh, like I said, they're you're not supposed to touch them. They're very friendly, and ah. they don't want to domesticate them. So there's an elastic band that you ah. kind of try and get it on and then let go before you actually touch them. Ah, um, gotcha, gotcha. All right, great. Well, I'm going to give a thousand points to Randy. Because wow. <laughs> wow. I love the idea of old Zealand not being uh, relevant anymore. <laughs> All right. Okay. Makes it ironically, they did find out that old Zealand is actually the continent of New Zealand and New Zealand is likely a lost continent. The top part of lost continent. So, now it's up to you. What do you think the answer is? Because I'm not going to tell you. Check back later and we'll let you know after four questions at the end of part two. Because clickbait. So <laughs> our visiting professor tonight is Casey Pratt. Casey, like I've said twice before, because I wrote the script, is an equity stage manager that worked her way into film and television. She's worked on and off Broadway in regional houses and touring venues. Uh, she has pretty much every odd job known to man. Professional dog walker, right? Yeah. Children's birthday party entertainer, teacher, babysitter, friend nice. with the New York Kids Club. Mm-hmm. Um She's enjoyed every moment of it. Now, she also has a theater degree from the University of Southern Maine. And uh, you've been pursuing a career in entertainment ever since. Um, She is currently working uh, on the AD team for an untitled movie filming in New York City. 
That's correct. So, Casey, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> that is my life in a nutshell. <laughs> now, Casey, we're all either in theater, some of us currently doing shows. Randy is uh, has a brief night off from his Christmas uh, performances. Great. So as an equity stage manager, we understand, you know, stage managers run the show, basically. Stage managers, you do not cross. The most dangerous <laughs> animal in the theater is a stage manager. Um, we know that you're a magical creature that runs off of coffee and willpower, basically, to quote the T-shirt. Now, yeah. We know what you do, but explain to the audience what a stage manager does. Uh, a stage manager, uh, I would say we do a lot of wrangling. <laughs> wrangling? Wrangling a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of hats, a lot of jobs, uh, a lot of scheduling, you know, just keeping that ship sailing, you know, being a friend to everyone. <laughs> so it's basically dog walking people. Yeah. What? Or Hobbit wrangling, yes. if you will, could yes. be Hobbit wrangling. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that it's it's more difficult to wrangle dogs, kids, or actors? Ooh, Ooh hmm. good question. That's a really tough question. I'm mm. I'm gonna have to. Mm. What about <laughs> what about child <laughs> actors? Or yeah. dogs? And say, or dogs in shows. Dogs. Yeah. yeah dogs. <laughs> in shows. Exactly. What about a young dog actor? Yeah. There you go. That'll probably be the hardest. A puppy actor. <laughs> yeah. So, Casey, what's the weirdest moment that you've had during a show? Well, this actually was a cue of mine in one of the first shows I did. I did Annie at Paper Mill Playhouse, and my job was to catch the dog coming off to catch Sandy. So I had catch to stand Sandy. in the wing and catch Sandy. And then run Sandy up to the Sandy's dressing room and then come back downstairs and, and do the rest of the show. I just always thought that was so strange. Coincidentally enough, the dog that played Sandy in the Annie Live was the same Sandy that we had. So yeah. was this it? I wonder if they had anybody to catch the dog there. Yeah, you got like a giant catcher's mitt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So join us when we return for four questions and the answer to give me the details. What position did the city of Christchurch just eliminate from their city government? We have it all right here on Balderdash Academy. <laughs> Joining us today is our visiting professor, Casey Pratt, equity stage manager, production assistant, among other roles. Now, before we move on with the show and move into the next game, I will roll an opening icebreaker question on the Balderdash Randomizer. This question was written by our intern, Alan. And if it's good, we may actually pay him this time. <laughs> now, the uh, Balderdash Randomizer will pull up the question completely randomly, hence the name. It is as advertised. Casey will have 30 seconds or less to give us the answer. The question is... Question number seven. Yes. What is your favorite audiobook? Currently. Oh, ooh, you know, that's really hard to say because I've listened to a lot of, like, murder audiobooks, you know, like fiction. <laughs> so I do have a favorite yeah. author, though. Her name is Karen Slaughter that I like to listen to. On Karen Slaughter. Yes. Good name. Wow. Great murder mystery <laughs> name. So strong. So Karen Slaughter, link in the description. Imagine if Karen Slaughter wrote like romantic yeah. fiction. It would be not quite the same. <laughs> well, imagine if she wrote kids' books. <laughs> no, it wouldn't work. Imagine um, being Karen Slaughter's daughter. There you go. So. Casey, in honor of your most recent film project, Killers mm. of the Flower Moon, yes. uh, and the horrors orchestrated by Bill Hale, tonight's four questions will be about true crime. Hey. Ooh. Nice. Always All funny. Right. Always so, funny. Yeah. Whichever one of our faculty members gives the best, not necessarily the correct, but the best answer, Casey will award points. Question number one. Notorious serial killer H.H. H. Holmes was known for his gruesome Chicago killings in his murder castle. Oh, Lord. 
I mean, if you build a place called Murder Castle, it's obviously, <laughs> I mean, you're a killer. I mean, right? <laughs> so what is what else is he famously known for? H.H. H. Holmes, 1800s, late 1800s. Oh. What else is H.H. H. Holmes known for other than being a killer? Randy, you're in the lead. What is your answer? Uh, I believe it was the murder summer cottage. Uh, so when you got to get out of the city, you know, the, you know, the, the countryside, you got to go to a further countryside, uh, get to the uh, get to the uh, cottage. I mean, that makes sense. And if you're looking for a murder summer college, uh, cottage, remember Leatherface Realty. Steve, <laughs> what else is H.H. Holmes known for? <laughs> well, it's very simple. It's going to be a quick answer because uh, I know the right answer this time. It's really awesome. But H.H. Uh, Holmes, also known as. Triple H was a well-known <laughs> professional wrestler. <laughs> no doubt uh, spending his youth wrestling with Lincoln. Molly, what nice is H.H. No, H. Holmes known for? H.H. Holmes, uh, same thing, Steve. You were very close going with the H theme. He was actually into horticulture. Um, he was well known about it, wrote several books about it, and uh, had a vast li library in said murder castle. All right. That's how we learn people in. Nate, what's your yes. answer? What do you got? Uh, he's he's known for uh, being an architectural genius. Uh, he's really good uh, at, uh, you know, uh, almost like the speakeasies where there were closed doors. Yep. You couldn't find it, which made the murder castle it, it kind of obvious. Number one, you know, everybody calls it murder castle. Number two, you know. <laughs> He has tons of places to hide people. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. 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 All right. So H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes, notorious serial killer, was known for what? Randy said his lovely murder summer cottage. Steve, <laughs> Triple H, he was a wrestler. Uh -huh. Molly, he was a horticulturalist. And Nate, architectural genius. Casey, how would you like to score? Well... I have to give a thousand points to Nate for knowing that it actually is the case. <laughs> he actually created crazy rooms in this murder house. So all right. Cool. Mm. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Also known, by the way, for being a trigamist. He was married to three women at the same oh. time. Oh. Yeah. Were they all he was alive? a serial killer. We're not talking the height of society here, right? I mean, <laughs> were they all alive at the same time? Trigamist. Not only they were all alive at the same time. They were in three different parts of the country. Isn't there a reality? One was in the summer cottage. About that, like, <laughs> yeah, okay, five hundred points to Randy. That's good. <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, Nate. It's like hardcore wife swap. You had to figure out well, which one. There are so many choices. No, but like it's like sister wives, right? There's a guy that like is literally married to like three people. Yeah, sister wives. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Except, yeah this guy, you know. They kind of agreed to all live together. This guy just went out. I mean, everybody needs oh, to collect something. They right? didn't need know. A I get you. All right. So Michael Malloy, a <laughs> former firefighter in the Bronx, had the nickname Iron Mike. Iron Mike. How did Iron <laughs> Mike Malloy get his name? Nate, what do you have? Uh, Iron Mike Malloy got his name. Uh because he had so much iron in his blood that when he would go into fires, uh, his blood would thicken and he didn't have to wear any gear. All right. Period. Thick iron blood. Randy, what do you have? Uh, well, uh, iron, uh, Mike, uh, he, you know, you, he, being a firefighter, you don't make a lot of money. So he had like a number of jobs, you know, odd jobs and stuff that he did. Uh, yeah. to supplement that income. Uh, so one would say he had a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, so mm -hmm. Iron Mike, that's what they call him. All right, that mm -hmm. makes sense. Steve, what do you have? Well, the nickname Iron Mike sounds pretty hardcore, but unfortunately it's not <laughs> as cool of an answer. Uh, he was a big fan of sugar, and he would eat a lot of candy and, and soda pop, and it actually kind of rotted away his teeth over years of uh, indulging, and his uh, mouth was actually full of metal fillings uh, and that's where he got the name Iron Mike. Oof. Middle fillings. That makes sense. Molly, what do you have? 
Uh, he, he was known as a tough guy, but what he was most known for was his very dapper dressing and his very starched, stiff, ironed clothing. He was a big fan of ironing. One would say compulsive. Okay, that makes sense. So Michael Malloy got his nickname because we have Nate. He, there was so much iron in his blood that while fighting fires, he was basically the man of steel. Randy, he had so much going on. He had a tons of irons in the fire. Steve, sugar fan, teeth were full of metal fillings. And Molly, he was the original ironing man. <laughs> right? The original so, ironing man. Casey, how would you like to score? thousand points to molly because i can just picture him you know going into a fire to fight something and picking up something and just ironing himself you know like that's exactly right casey exactly i mean that makes a lot of sense and of course molly you got it wrong the actual answer (laughs) is So what? Malloy was unemployed, <laughs> homeless. He was an alcoholic and five of his acquaintances decided he was an easy mark. So they took out a $3,500 life insurance policy on him. It's about $70,000 in today's money and then tried to kill him. This guy could beat Rasputin for most unkillable person first. <laughs> wow. They gave him unlimited credit at a speakeasy. And expected him to drink himself to death. He did not. He rang up a hell of a tab. The same night when he wasn't dying of alcohol poisoning, they gave him antifreeze to drink. It had no effect. They didn't know that one of the treatments for antifreeze poisoning is ethanol. (laughs) They then gave him straight turpentine. You want to guess what one of the treatments for turpentine poisoning poisoning is? Followed by horse liniment. Followed by rat poison. He was untouched. Time passes, and uh, they later later tried giving him poisoned oysters. Oysters that uh, were poisoned with, I think, wood alcohol. That didn't work. So they tried freezing him to death. They got him drunk, put him on a park bench, and dumped a bucket of water on him during sub-freezing temperatures. That didn't kill him. (laughs) So they hit him with a taxi. (laughs) <laughs> this guy needs new friends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're not done yet. While <laughs> they hit him with the taxi, he went unconscious, but they would not cash out the life insurance policy because the proof of death hasn't been signed. He got out of it and survived the taxi hit. They eventually killed him with carbon monoxide poisoning. So the old it, silent killer. Lot, right. <laughs> All right. So notorious sadist and serial killer Rodney Alcala took a break in the middle of his murder spree to do what? Rodney Alcala took a break from killing to do what? Molly, what did he do? Uh, He took a break from his killing spree to go salsa dancing. Uh, He needed a little aerobic exercise. He was feeling like he was getting a little uh, rusty there. Uh, Couldn't chase down people as fast as he wanted to. So a little salsa dancing uh, got his uh, little shaking, shaking, shaking leg. That's a great answer. Getting a little shake and bake. Nate, what do you have? Well, he had a loot crate box that had been shipped to him. So he had to check the tracking to see if it had arrived. Sadly, it hadn't. I mean, we've all been there, right? Take <laughs> yes. a break from your murder spree to go check the mail. Randy, what do you have? Uh, I believe this was in the in the early 80s. Uh, and uh, it was uh, the episode of... He, he needed to watch TV because it was the episode of Dallas where they revealed who shot JR. And he, uh, it, he, he was a big fan and he just couldn't miss finding out who it was. We've all been there except Serial for Serial killer watching, you know, a murder. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, speaking of decades you weren't alive for, um, what's the answer? <laughs> well, Rodney, as we all know, was an afternoon killer, not not a nighttime killer. He wasn't lurking in the darkness. He would come out broad afternoon, but he was a religious Anglophile. So every day, right around three, four o'clock, he would need to have tea and maybe some small biscuits or little sandwiches. So he would have to stop while killing someone to put on a uh, fresh pot and make up some sandwiches for tea time. All right. Okay. A bit of crumpet. So notorious sadist Rodney Alcala did what? Did he go salsa dancing? 
Did he have to look up his loot crate tracking number? Did he want to see who shot JR? Or did he need a little cuppa? Casey, how would you like to score? Mm, I think 500 points to Nate just for the words loot crate. <laughs> 500 for Back Nate. in my life, yeah. <laughs> so believe it or not, of all of you, Molly was actually pretty, pretty close. He took a break from killing to go on the dating game. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. And he won. Oh, and then she oh, died. Right. He's um, the she, game however, has bri- the dating game killer is actually his name. Yep. And she, uh, the, um, the bachelorette who won has amazing instinct because she refused to go on the date because there was just something off. Yeah, he was a killer. He yeah. was a killer. I think that was like, the thing that was off. Had just gone to police, he would have saved lives. That was 1976, I believe. So the last in our four questions, serial killer Richard Chase, known as the Vampire of Sacramento, doing uh, due to his penchant for drinking the blood of his victims, had other vampire-like behavior. What other behavior did he have? So the vampire of Sacramento had what other behavior? Steve, what do you have? Well, uh, as we all know, Dick Chase. Uh, first of all, <laughs> let's just uh, what a great name. Uh, <laughs> well, he had a he had a fear of mirrors, which is kind of tragic. But uh, Dick Chase didn't even know what he looked like because he was too afraid to look in the mirrors because he thought he might not see himself. <gasps> all right. That makes sense. So Dick Chase, fear of mirrors. Molly, what do you have? Um, much like what was revealed in the the hit now show and movie, what we do in the shadows. Uh, he was extremely punny. Just <laughs> all of it, just pun, wit, just in your face. Legendary vampire puns. Nate, what do you mm-hmm. have? He had... Uh, uh, some sort of medical condition that that drew him to blood. Uh, he would drink it. He would he would bathe in it. Uh, mm. He would um, need it to be around him in order to satiate that uh, that draw. All right, local sanguinist Randy, what do you have? Uh, well, we know that uh, the one thing that can kill a vampire is a stake through the heart. Uh, and the ironic part about this was that. Uh, he uh, he had a membership to the Steak of the Month Club, uh, but not that kind of steak. It was actually the the meat steak. So it's just a little bit of irony. That's all. Hey, that was punny, just like a vampire, Randy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Somebody check Randy for a uh, reflection. So, what other vampire-like behavior did Richard Chase have? Did he have a fear of mirrors? Was he punny, as Molly said? Did he was, he, uh, was he drawn to blood, like Nate said, or was it Randy's? He was a member of the stake of the month. Casey, <laughs> how would you like to score? Um, I think uh, Dick Chase running away from his reflection is probably where I'm going to go. <laughs> so a thousand points to Steve. <laughs> a thousand points to Steve. Uh, the answer was that Dick sucked. Um, Not only (laughs) did he suck blood, but like many, many vampires in myths, he would only kill if the door was unlocked because Uh, it felt as if he was invited inside. You're Uh, not, buddy. You're not. Okay. (laughs) Closed. To be slightly uncomfortable for a moment, speaking of horrible acts, Casey, let's talk about Bill Hale, the Osage Murders. Yeah. Uh, now, I know David Gann wrote a brilliant book, uh, the book Killers of the Flower Moon, the Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. Yeah. Uh, it was recently made into a feature film, long delayed feature film because of the pandemic uh, by Martin Scorsese, which you worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, why don't you tell us a little bit of the background of, of what actually happened with this uh, string of killings? Yeah, so it was in the 20s, and it's the Osage Nation. Uh, They were moved, you know, so many tribes were moved from Kansas down to this territory in Oklahoma, where 
they said, well, the land is terrible, but we want mineral rights. We want to have all mineral rights, which the government granted because they said, oh, this land looks terrible. You're never going to find anything down there. Lucky for them, they found oil and they became the richest people per capita in the world in the 20s. Yeah. They, they mm, were yeah. insanely rich. And so Bill Hale and his family um, decided that they were going to steal all of the head rights. Um, the only way to get head rights is to is for the person to die because it can be transferred through the the um, yeah through your name, but it can't be yep. like if I marry someone, you can't you know. So mm. they proceeded to murder this whole community of people. It's it's an incredible story. I yeah. cannot fathom how. I mean, I can fathom how it's not well known, but um, hopefully this movie uh, will get more word out about this this people because they're an amazing. They welcomed us. They're an amazing group of people yeah. and um it was inc an incredible experience to be able to be a part of telling the story mm. so they could own the land but the u.s government owned most of the mineral rights mm. so that eventually worked where they could only do it when it was passed down and that's where hale got the scheme because hale's son married into the tribe right his uh, nephew did yeah his nephew did mm -hmm. his nephew did yeah yeah who I think I, is played by DiCaprio in the film. That's coming correct. Up, right? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Francis yeah. DiCaprio. Yeah. 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 Now, <laughs> what's, what's really horrible about this is there were likely hundreds and hundreds of killings. Yeah. Um, and they got him on one. Yeah. Wow. And not only did they get him on one, the killer was pardoned um, by the governor at the time in the 60s. He served, didn't even serve a full sentence. Yeah. Uh, Bill Hale is most likely one of the most evil people in the history of the country. Nobody knows about him. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah, that um, guy the, sucks. The book is amazing. <laughs> I'm yeah. anxiously awaiting the film. Um, I kept yeah, seeing wow. it pushed back and the announcements of it being delayed and delayed due to, to the pandemic. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad it's actually in post-production now. Yeah. Um, so to keep things on a higher note, let's go around okay. and winning, shall we? That sounds really other, fascinating, though. Yeah. That sounds it's incredible. An important thing to know, and if it you is. don't know what the Osage murders are, pick up the book and go see the film when it's released. Yeah. Um, wow. Our points are, in last place, we have a two-way tie between Molly and Steve. Yeah, yeah. Next, we have <laughs> sad a two-way tie for first place between Nate and Randy. <laughs> neck and neck and neck and neck. Um, it's time for Give Me the Details. Let's find out what member of city government did Christchurch fire. Believe it or Official not, platypus. Steve was kind of on track with a Hobbit Wrangler. <laughs> okay. It wasn't Hobbit's. Christchurch, since the 1980s, was the only city with an official wizard. Oh, I, I heard about this. <laughs> yep. It's incredible. Um, they fired their official wizard in Blackenbury Channel. Uh, the Wizard of New Zealand is what he went by. So much so it was on his passport. It was yeah. like the, his yeah. official government title. Wow. Uh, he was fired for partially criticizing the tourism board and their new strategy, mostly for pretty disparaging comments he made against women. And then he promptly put a spell on that. <laughs> I, I curse you. you. Pretty much. I, mean, I figured he just slammed his staff down and said, you shall not pass. <laughs> uh, so, um, wow. Join us. When we return for Randy's pop quiz and technically correct only on Balderdash Academy. Good afternoon, Dashers. This is your headmaster reminding you that we are now booking live Balderdash Academy. If you want improv comedy, custom game show experiences, team building, and more, you can find us online at balderdashacademy.com. And don't forget to pick up Balderdash Academy merchandise in our school store while you're there. 
Hey, this is Bob. When I'm not being the headmaster at Balderdash Academy, I run Sleuth's Mystery Entertainment. At Sleuth's Mystery, we offer something different from your typical mystery experience. Our mysteries are crafted around the game and the experience as a whole. We blend characters, comedy, atmosphere, and a puzzle of a mystery for you to solve. Every show is unique, and every ending is different. At Sleuth's Mystery Entertainment, you can see the show, play the game, and solve the mystery. If you're in New England, contact us at sleuthsmystery.com for a killer time. go final round our points are we have a tie for second place with molly and steve and a tie for first place between nate and randy who will win will nate win again statistically probably probably yeah (laughs) wait a minute before this might be his time will molly win See what I said about Nate. Probably, yeah. Steve won twice. Yeah. It could happen. It's anybody's game, baby. Anybody's game. It's literally anybody's game. Technically correct has a chance to really shake things up. Before we get there, Casey, it's time for another Balderdash randomizers, 30 seconds or less. Okay. All right. Okay. So, our next and last 30 seconds or less question is... Question number five. If you could turn any property into a film or a play, what would it be? Any at all. Any property like a like a uh, like the white any house? IP, like... any story, any history, oh, anything. Okay. I see, what I would see, you turn into a play? Any pl- or a movie? Oh, ooh. Probably Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> okay. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I I would just love to walk into a theater and hear Nerf Herder slamming on that theme song, right? Yeah. So do a musical. A Buffy musical? Of the Stick of the Month Club. They do have a musical episode that could translate pretty well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. But more with feeling. Yes. Uh, so, Casey, during this the break, you were idea. talking about the interaction of the actual descendants <laughs> of the the victims of the crime mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you could touch base back on, on what we were talking about about the uh, the the grandson of the main character in the movie is actually in the film. He is. Yes, he plays. A, he's a background member, um, and he he's been he was there for a few days filming. Um, yeah, and he just was lovely to, to talk with and uh, just a, a lovely human being. And being around him was just kind of spiritual almost, you know, just yeah. knowing the history and, and being enveloped in the story. It just it was nice to be part of seeing that person in person, really. How old is and he members now? Of the- I don't know exactly how old, but <laughs> he's a, he's. He's the oldish, yeah. Uh, older, 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 oldish well, gentleman, yes. His grandmother's from the lived in the twenties. Yes. So right, um, yes. and you said members of the tribe were <coughs> involved with the process of the filmmaking throughout the the entire film. Right. That's correct. Yes, we had a. I don't remember her title, but we had a woman who came in and was there every day on set, just making sure all of the dress was correct and uh, all of the things that were directed to the cast were accurate, you know, oh, I wouldn't be doing this here because that's not part of the tribal tradition or things like that. So, yeah. 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 Uh, The set photos are online. Promotional stills have been released. And the film uh, itself should be released in theaters and on Apple TV Plus soon the date hasn't been announced yet um casey when you were filling out your uh questionnaire that we send all of our visiting professors you you mentioned about a special day while you were traveling and a checkbook so (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i did um you have a brilliant sense of direction what what happened that we ended up Paying tolls with a check. (laughs) (laughs) So this was when I was in college in Maine. Um, I had carried zero cash on me. Didn't have a debit card. Didn't do this. I got lost. And I was actually going to one of my professor's house for like a a dinner party or something. I can't remember. Um, 
I got lost. I, I went through the toll and I didn't have any money. And I was like, okay, I just go through. I just, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's 50 cents. I don't have any cash. And she was like, no, but we take checks. <laughs> okay. So I wrote the main turnpike authority a check for 50 cents. Uh, but then because I was lost, I had to turn right around and go back through the toll the other way. <laughs> and I wrote another check for 50 cents to the main turnpike authority. It was it was a special day. <laughs> Steve, that's a piece of paper that you yeah. write that's connected to your yeah. bank account. Yeah. So this is well before uh, now we have a pay by plate system uh, yeah. in the state of Maine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We've all we've all been there prior to we've that. All been there. Uh, yeah. Prior to that, mm-hmm. uh, the system used to work where you got a ticket and then you had to pay when you got off. And if you lost that ticket, you were paying the full amount. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I like the story because I too have paid a toll <laughs> with a check for a one exit trip that cost me about two fifty. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it is now time for our professor of theater arts to deliver his quiz, but first his theme song. And here we have it, our professor of theater arts, Randy Hunt. Randy, what do you have for us? Freeze, you mother stinkers. Uh, That's funny. Uh, Hello, faculty. It's so nice to be back. It's been a while since since I have joined you. Uh, And this is the first time I've joined you as the the professor of uh, performing arts, of theater arts. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, I have something very special theater related for you. Uh, in honor of our uh, guest professor. So uh, we all know that William Shakespeare was a master of words. His plays, his sonnets, uh, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Uh, There was also, uh, he had a way with um, words when it came to insults, right? So uh, nobody insulted anybody else better than uh, Shakespeare did with his words. Uh, And just for a few examples here, we've got... um, uh, thou sod, excuse me, thou sodden witted lord, thou has no more brain than I have in mine elbows. <laughs> Snap. Uh, if you spend word for word with me, I shall make your wit bankrupt. <laughs> and face. out of my sight, thou dost infect my eyes. <laughs> oh, so <clears throat> I am calling this segment complete the Shakespearean insult. Oh, yeah. So I have picked a few of uh, Shakespeare's insults uh, that I'm going to present you with. And uh, I would like to have you complete each one of these in the style of Shakespeare, but using your own words. It only has to be a few words. It's not it's not a big speech. Don't worry. Uh, for the most part, <laughs> I've, 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 I've left off a word or two. Uh uh, as always, we're not looking for the correct answer. We're looking for the best answer. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. All right. <laughs> Uh, so, as another example, uh, if I said, thou rankest compound of villainous smell that, wank, you might say, maketh grown men cry like babies, or is not unlike a putrid pile of rubbish. Mm. You get the idea. Wow. Both of those are uh, good. The actual wording is ever offended nostril. The rankest mm. compound of villainous smell that ever offended nostril. Mm. So, your first that. one is... There's no more faith in thee than in blank. Molly, deer in the headlights, oh. you're going first. <laughs> There's no more faith in thee than doubt wanteth credit from thy bank. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love it. Well done. Uh, Nate. Who, me? Yes, Nate. Oh, okay, me. Uh, All right, so there's no more faith in thee than that who doth thee 
dirty under, undergarments of Rubius Hagrid. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Say that again. Then those can't. who who doth the dirty undergarments of Rubius Hagrid. Okay. Oh, jeez. Uh, great. Uh, Steve. <laughs> okay. There's no more faith in the than in a salty cadaver. Oh. Okay. Uh, and uh, Bob, do you have a you have an answer here? I do. This is from my uh, my favorite Shakespeare play, The Gigolo. Um, when he says, there is no more faith in thee than in my scrotal discharge, you fetid knave. Of course. Wow. Fame. I had that on a t-shirt in high school. <laughs> okay. And you will Wait, again soon, him. Bob. Read, read I think him. you There's will no again faith soon. There's no faith in thee than George Michael is singeth in thy 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Which 80s? Sorry. Can't do this. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to endeavor to recap here. Um, this is the part that I didn't think through. So Molly said uh, something along the lines of, "Thou, do- uh, there's no more faith in thee than in thou doth wanted credit from thy bank. Yeah. Uh, Nate said that who doth the dirty of Rubius Hagrid or something close to that. Uh, oh Steve said a salty cadaver. And uh, our, our uh, headmaster said the scrotal discharge, you Whoa. fetid knave. Um, Casey, how would you like to score this round? Why is this cadaver so salty? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah burial at sea, exactly. Okay, all right. Uh, 500 points to Steve for the salty cadaver. Great. All right. Perfect. All right. Uh, the correct, uh, the, the actual wording is, uh, there's no more faith in thee than in a stewed prune. Oh, oh, it's like a yep. salty cadaver. What I said. Yes, scrotal discharge. Actually, it's pretty funny, Bob. Uh, great. <laughs> uh, your next one is. Oh, there's more. And thou oh, unfit God. for any place but blank. And we're gonna start with Nate. And thou unfit for any place but Trisket Cracker Pockets. <laughs> I didn't make it up. That's what it is. Perfect. Uh, Trisket Cracker Pockets. Uh, Steve. Uh, And that one fit for any place but thy mother's wine cellar. Okay. Uh, um, uh, Bob. And thou unfit for any place but middle management. (laughs) And Molly. And thou unfit for any place but in thy locked casket buried six feet under it. <laughs> under it. <laughs> okay. So our recap here is, uh, and thou unfit for any place but uh, blank. Uh, Nate said, Trisket Cracker Pockets. Uh, Steve said, thy mother's wine cellar. Uh, Bob said, but middle management. And Molly has, in their locked casket, buried six feet under under it. Yeah. Uh, Casey, oh. how would you like to score that? This is tough. This one's really tough. Um, I think I have to go 500 for the, uh, the wine cellar. <laughs> oh, I'm like big in the, you Ooh. know, not so much a, an insult, but you know, I like that. nice. for five hundred points for Steve. Depends what kind of Excellent. wine, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, I was trying yeah, to think man. of the equivalent of you know, you live in your mom's basement. Yeah. I thought that was the closest <laughs> thing I could get. I mean, uh, you know, again, you're not maybe that far off. Uh, and thou unfit for any place but hell. Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> okay. I can, th- I can think of worse place to be than a wi- than a wine cellar. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> once again, mine was actually the closest. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. Your next one is, and in his brain, which is as dry as blank. Steve, what do you got? Uh, <laughs> and in his brain, which is as dry as Bob's scrotum. Ew, what? Just, it's a call. It's just sorry. It was just a callback to earlier, and I didn't have anything. So, <laughs> All right. Bob, uh, you get to follow up with that one. Uh, what do you got? Uh, 
Please forgive me now. <laughs> and in his brain, which is a dry as a nun's happy place. Okay. Uh, wow. Molly. Uh, uh, well, I'm gonna, uh, okay. And in his brain, which is as dry as malt whiskey evaporated by the sun. Okay. Excellent. Uh, who it's doesn't love malt whiskey that's been evaporated? Uh, and, uh, Nate, what do you got? And in his brain, which is as dry as thy mother's wine cellar. all right so we have steve with uh let's see let's recap the wording and in his brain which is as dry as blank uh steve says bob's scrotum sorry uh he apologizes uh bob says a nun's happy place uh bob probably apologizes too uh Molly said malt whiskey evaporated byeth the sun. No apologies. And Nate says thy mother's wine cellar. I cheat on thousand points for no apologies. Yep. <laughs> yes. Molly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. And our last one. Oh my god, okay. What's the answer? Where is it actually? Oh, the la- sorry. The, la- the, the, the answer is, uh, the real wording is, and in his brain, which is as dry as the remainder biscuit after voyage. Triscuit. Oh, biscuit, you're so Trin- close. It's like Triscuits, yeah, Hard from earlier. <laughs> too bad that was the on the last one. Too early. Triscuit, yeah. by the way, electric biscuit. That's where it got its name from. What? Interesting. Electric biscuit, biscuit? was a biscuit made with electricity, <laughs> so it was a portmanteau. Steve. What? Oh, Steve, yeah, do you know what portmanteaus that. are? Uh, anyway, I'm working uh, on it. <laughs> uh, your last one is you. You have such a February face, so full of blank. And we'll start with Bob. You have such a February's face, so full of yellow snow. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see, Molly, what do you got? Oh. <clears throat> You have such a February face, so full of disdain and slow time, Miss. Great. (laughs) (laughs) What do you got? You have such a February face, so full of good looks, but not quite yet fully a month. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, and Steve. You have such a February face, so full of discarded chocolate wrappings and dead flower petals. Oh. <laughs> That's what the doctor said to my mom when I was born. Okay. Oh. That was supposed okay, to be about this. So Molly. your recap here is you have such a February face, so full of blank. Uh Bob said yellow snow. Molly says disdain and slow time F. Uh Nate, uh good looks but not quite fully a month. And uh Steve says discarded chocolate wrappings and discarded flowers, uh, excuse me, flower petals. Petals. Uh, Casey, uh, how would you like to score this one? Five hundred points to Nate. <laughs> five hundred points to Nate. Great. The uh, after this, you have to tell me what I meant. Yeah. The actual wording. Uh, and this, I forgot. I kind of forgot to mention the place these are all from. This is from uh, Much Ado About Nothing. You have such a February face, so full of frost, of storm, and cloudiness. Oh. William Shakespeare, yeah. wordsmith. Well. And master insult, uh, uh, thrower outer. If if it was a definitely a cunning linguist, <laughs> so that completely changed our point spread. Ooh. Right now, in last place, we have Randy with one thousand five hundred points. Poor Randy, that's how it always goes. In first, the person place, who does the we game. have a three-way tie. What? Oh, Between Steve, no. Molly, I, you doth say. and Nate. <laughs> no, sir. And that will change because our next game is technically correct. Now, I will read a description of a movie that is technically correct. Our faculty will try to answer 
in as fast as possible. And Casey will award points for the one that she likes best. Our first movie, a reporter and his roommate fight illegal aliens. A reporter and his roommate fight illegal aliens. Randy, what do you have? Uh, we come in peace. We I come, come in peace. In peace, Steve. I'm going to say Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming and Molly. Uh, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, Nate. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Planes, trains, and uh, so a reporter and his roommate mate fight illegal aliens. We have Randy with We Come in Peace, Steve with Spider-Man Homecoming, Molly with War of the Worlds, and Nate with Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. Casey, how would you like to score? Oy, oy, oy. I don't even know. Uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go with 100 points to Steve because that's a good movie. <laughs> True. All right. And uh, of course, the correct answer um, was uh, Steve was actually the closest. The correct mm -hmm. answer was a reporter and his roommate fight illegal aliens. Describes Venom. Ah, uh, yes. There you go. Pretty close, right. actually. Very close. Yeah, I was impressed. Movie number two. An elderly man forgets his best friend. What? Aww. An elderly man <sighs> forgets his best friend. Nate, what do you have? What? Uh, grumpy old men. <laughs> grumpy old men. Randy. Um, old yeller. Oh, yeah. too soon. I Old was totally yeller. going in that direction. That's so funny. Steve. Oh, this is sad, but up. Mm. Up. And Molly. Scrooged. Scrooge. So an yeah, elderly man actually. forgets his best friend. We have Nate with Grumpy Old Men, Randy with Old Yeller, Steve with Up, Molly with Scrooged. How would you like to score? Oy, oy, oy. Uh, I'm going to go with 100 points for Randy. 100 points for Randy. The correct answer of an old man, an elderly man who forgets his best friend, describes Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm. Wow, we going superhero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Movie number three, An Evening Affair with Counting Issues. <laughs> An evening affair with counting issues. Molly, what do you have? Oh, come on! <laughs> An evening affair with counting issues. Something with numbers, counting, something that happened in the night. I don't freaking know, dude. Um, um, Pet cemetery. So to give you some background, every time she goes and does something like that with the talking and the talking and the talking, she... Mostly gets it right. Uh, Nate, <laughs> what do you have? An evening I mean, affair with counting issues. The, the movie starts out with an evening affair, and he's an accountant, so I'm going to go Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. <laughs> Finally, another Shawshank. <laughs> we did it. Season Randy, two. Good night, folks. No. <laughs> <laughs> the show's done. Randy, uh, an evening affair with counting issue describes what movie? Uh, I'm going to say True Lies. True oh. Lies. And finally, Steve, what do you have? Dracula. Dracula. So an evening affair with counting Count. issues. We have Pet Cemetery <laughs> for Molly, Shawshank Redemption for Nate, True Lies for Randy, and Dracula for Steve. Casey, how would you like to score? I was score? hoping someone would say something about a vampire, so I'm going with 100 points to Steve. Yes. Steve, take it! 100 points for Just Steve. Now, it. what movie does that describe? An evening affair with counting issue obviously describes Clue. Yep. Yep. Counting issue. <laughs> How many bullets were fired? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Finally, movie number four, a fly breaks a bone and leads to a cub's success. Wait, say that again. What? A fly breaks a bone and leads to a cub's success. Oh. Steve, I'm sorry. What's your answer? Uh, uh, a league of their own. Uh, you League son of a of gun, I was going to say the same thing. And uh, 
Molly, what do you have? Well, I was gonna say that. Did you not just hear <laughs> so, me? Going with a of their own? No, no, I'm not. Of course not. I'm gonna go with um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Doesn't he turn into a fly or something? Nightmare on Elm Street. Nate, what do you have? The movie with the kid where he gets the super fast hand and he and he throws it really fast and he goes into the at the sports arena and wins. Uh, the that one, the one that's Ophelia. called Ophelia. Ophelia. It's Ophelia. Something okay. Oh, so oh. Ophelia, which is obviously the translated title for Rookie of the Year, and yep. Randy. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with the Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears. All right, so. A fly breaks a bone and leads to a cub success. We have Steve with a league of their own, Molly with a nightmare on Elm Street, Nate with Ophelia slash rookie of the year, and Randy with the bad news bears. Okay, so how would you like to score? To Nate because 100? 500. 500. 500 to Nate because that description of rookie of the year was just far. <laughs> it was and it was also correct. Um, If you remember the movie, the kid breaks his arm catching a fly ball Mm -hmm. and becomes a Chicago Cubs. Get out of town. Well done, Nate. I knew the movie. I just, I pulled them all and I remember the (laughs) name. You pulled them all and you you, you did it. I don't know. (laughs) So, we're done with the clues. So, Casey... I want to thank you for being the visiting professor tonight on Balderdash Academy. What is new and exciting for you coming up? Well, you know, I just, uh, we just finished that Julio Torres project, the untitled movie. So I'm just uh, interviewing for other positions and seeing what comes up. Just, you know, yeah, that's about it. Great place to be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So keep an eye out for killers of the flower moon coming to theaters and Apple TV plus soon. Um, very soon they should be making the announcement within the month or so at least based on the trades um so before we reveal our winner here's today's moral now after listening to uh casey and uh her description of what's no doubt an amazing film after listening to the very well thought answers of the faculty, well done. One thing is evidently clear. No matter how hard we try, we will never be as good as insult, uh, insults as the bard. The Doesn't bard. mean we won't stop trying though. And we yeah, know we... who won? F. All right. So today's <clears throat> points we have in. Last place, Randy with 1,600 points. Next, we have Molly with 2,000. So here we go. Is it Steve or is it Nate? It was a very close game. Steve has 2,200, meaning our winner for tonight is Nate with 2,500 points. Getting rookie of the year pushed him over for the win. (laughs) I don't think he got it, but that's how the game works. (laughs) Ophelia, obviously one of my favorite baseball movies. (laughs) Thank you for visiting us at Balderdash Academy. I've been your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me has been our faculty professor of performing arts, Randy Hunt. I bid you adieu. (laughs) (laughs) Professor of English, Language Arts, Molly McGill. I'm done, Doc. Lost. (laughs) (laughs) Coach of the Balderdash Academy Dashers, Steve Corning. We'll get him next time. (laughs) We will. And our Professor of Steam, Nate Green. Hey, if you don't know anything about sports or baseball, Ophelia. <laughs> Ophelia. 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 Casey, thank you so much for coming on our show. We had a blast. You were welcome back at any time. And uh, we hope you have a happy new year. Stay safe. 
and we'll see you next time. 2022! <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> Hope it doesn't suck. Remember to like and subscribe to this video. Also remember to support your show directly. We have uh, ways to do that in the links in the description. We also have a school store where you can show your school pride. Again, link in the description. Um, if you'd like to see us live, you can now book us for a show at your location. The details are online. Whether you want improv comedy, game show events, or a live quiz show, we're here to help you out. And uh, like I said, links to everything is in the description. Thank you for watching. Have a good night. Go Dash! Go Dashers! Balderdash Academy was produced and edited by Bob LeBlanc. Theme music by Thinkfish Tank. Performed and written by Steve Corning, Carla Rose Dubois, Nate Green, Randy Hunt, Bob LeBlanc, Molly McGill, and Marie Stewart Harmon. Copyright 2021 by Robert J. LeBlanc and Steve Corning. All rights reserved. Go Dashers!